Can changing your corner of the universe change the world? We think so. You've heard the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But what does that look like? This is where we meet the people that are walking that out. One person, one idea, one decision at a time. Here's Vaden and Rex. All right. Thanks for joining us on My Corner of the Universe. Today, we had the pleasure of interviewing Kristen from the Homes for Children. She is an angel, to say the least. Uh, she is one of those ladies that once you hear her story, you'll just be like, wow, we need more people like this in the world. Yeah. Great selfless story, doing incredible things. To be honest with you, when we booked her for as a guest, I did not know the depth of how many children that she's serving with this organization and how big the organization has grown. It's really incredible. It's a testament to her and her vision and what she's doing and all the volunteers and everybody helping out, but also um, how she was able to facilitate these big corporate donors that are, like she said, literally sending yeah. pallets, sometimes, you know, stuff from Pottery Barn where you know it's furniture and stuff, and sometimes something from Amazon, you don't know what it is. And they have to be able to find ways to, distrib- to distribute that. And that might sound easy on the surface. It's like, oh, yeah, you just give it to people. But you have to have accountability. You have to make sure it's going to the right people, the right places. You have to organize it. I mean, it's a lot of work. Um, it's a good problem to have, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, her story is great because it's like a lot of stories in the sense that, you know, uh, small beginnings. And now I think she said they're serving 5,000 kids a month, which is yeah. Just- a crazy number and she's got a ton of different programs and it's one of those things where uh you know it's easy to to get tunnel vision in uh what you're focused on but she has really branched out and um different ways to help the community and these children i think it's this amazing story yeah yeah and um you know, just it's going to be cool to see the growth, to see she talks. I, I know what she's done now. You know, it's just probably going to be whenever she wants to do it, it's going to be successful. But, you know, growing into into New Orleans, where she's originally from and and just, you know, there's so much need in so many different places. And I hope that other people listening to this, you know, they're she's pretty local in the Houston uh, Houston Dallas. Fort Worth area. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, well, I think it would be great if you were in another metropolitan city. You know, let's say you're in St. Louis or somewhere and you kind of want to do something like this and see a need, like follow her on social media, reach out to her. And, and yeah. you know, she has that type of heart that's like, oh, yeah, you want to serve underprivileged kids or foster kids in your city? Yeah, here's what I did. Here's how I got these sponsors. These are the different organizations I work with. I mean, she's going to help you out because that's the heart that she has. Yeah. And and if you do just want to like, you know, go that route, gosh, she's got so many great volunteer programs. You could learn a ton just doing that. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So great organization. Um, again, the website is the homes with an S the homes for children.org. Go check them out. Um, don't think just because they have some corporate sponsors that give them, you know, actual donations in kind that they don't need financial support too. They need all the help that they can get just like any nonprofit organization. So go to the website, help them out, um, donate if you can, um, and if nothing else, you know, follow them on social media, follow them on Instagram and just, you know, help spread the word of what they're doing. Yeah. And there is an opportunity for people to volunteer remotely too, she said. So, um, you know, a lot of times with these nonprofits, you kind of have to be where they're at. And this is a unique one in the sense that you can do stuff from afar. So uh, yeah. a lot of, a lot of cool opportunities for people out there as well. Yep, absolutely. And then we'll just close it off with a, 
a quick word of you know Rex and I are getting back into consistent podcasts. Got to apologize for the uh, the hiatus gap, of yeah. a few few episodes, the gap. But um, you know, like everyone, we have a lot of things going on. It's definitely, you know, every time we do one of these episodes, we're just like, man, we got to keep spreading the word because it's so incredible to hear all of these stories. Uh, spread the positivity, the people who are doing good in the world, especially right now, there's so much anger, so much division in the world. Um, It only helps for us to interview these people, to spread the people who are just focused on helping people out. So I hope you guys have appreciated the episodes when we do them. We are going to get back to consistently doing them. Again, if you're somebody who's doing something awesome, it doesn't have to be a nonprofit. You know, we've interviewed, you know, entrepreneurs, for-profit people just doing any sort of beneficial change. Uh, reach out to us info yeah. at mycorneroftheuniverse.com. Um, and we can, you know, we can talk about getting you booked on to help talk about what you're doing. Yeah. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of my corner of the universe. Today, we are talking with Kristen Vincent from the homes for children project. Really excited about this episode to learn more about what she's doing. She has a lot of cool functions with the website that I'm really interested to learn um, what they're doing with. Um, but first, I want to welcome Kristen to the episode. Welcome, Kristen. Welcome. Hi, how are you guys doing? Doing good. Thanks for joining yeah, we're, us. We're doing great. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, so I want to get into your background story, how you got started in this project. Um, but first, just give kind of people the overhead view of... of um, you know, what exactly the project is, what is the homesforchildren.org? Tell us just kind of, you know, your elevator pitch, what you got going on there. Okay. Uh, the Homes for Children Corporation is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that provides hope and healing to youth that uh, trouble youth that are abused, neglected, homeless. And we try to provide them with uh, opportunities so they can become uh, productive, uh, self-sufficient adults. Awesome. And you guys are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, correct? Yes. Do um, do you could try and keep it local to that area, or do you can you know spread out a little bit? Um, we do have one of our programs um, in New Orleans, actually where it was founded. So we do have our Foster and Wishes program in New Orleans, and then um, everything else. Our main headquarters uh, is in the DFW area. And uh, how long have you guys uh, been around? This is our 15-year anniversary. Oh, oh awesome. nice. Yeah. 15 years. That's that's an accomplishment. I you know. I yes. feel like we we uh we don't interview as many uh nonprofits that have been going for 15 years. That's pretty awesome. It's been a journey, but we're still here and, and we're helping, you know, however many kids we can. Yeah. So describe to us exactly what that process looks like. Are we so if uh there's a homeless, you know, homeless kid or like, you know, describe to us exactly what you guys do to help these Well, usually children. all of our clients come through our partners um, and okay. they come through referrals. So we partner with uh, many of the child placing agencies um, and even it's not just foster kids, but we also, you know, partner with some of the uh, Title I schools to help out the low income uh, students and their families, you know, if they're in crisis. So, um, we'll just get a referral um, either from one of the agencies or through the schools, or the counselors, and then we will, you know, just take it from there and assist um, that way. Awesome. I have to ask, well, real quick, I was going to ask, because when I look at your donors and some of your corporate sponsorships, you have some pretty big names, which yes. is awesome. 
do you have some sort of secret sauce or tip for other people that are in the nonprofit <laughs> world? I mean, I'm looking at, you know, Walmart, Pottery Barn, Panera Bread, Williams Sonoma, Disney Store, Ross, Chick-fil-A. I mean, these are big, big names. How did you how did you connect with companies like this? Well, it's just, you know, helping getting the word out. You know, we also partner um, with the organization called Good 360 that kind of helps step in to help us partner with some of the bigger um, organizations. So, yeah, that's how we do it. And then, you know, if, if I'm talking to you all, you know, if I'm doing research and then I might say, OK, well, hey, look, look who's sponsoring them. And so mm-hmm. I might go and look them up to see, OK, well, how can they sponsor us too? Nice. And yeah. So, yeah. Is there a is there a downfall at all for big corporate sponsorships or is it just nice to have kind of the weight? I mean, is there extra paperwork you have to do that makes it more difficult? Um, no, we, you know, we do have paperwork because they always like to, you know, get an accountability for, you know, what they've donated to us. And then we have to keep that on our end to show that, Hey, you know what, this is how much we received. And then this is how much, you know, has gone out because the donors that we do have, um, all of those that you name, we get, uh, actually gifts in kind from them, you know, and those help to go towards our program, you know, uh, all of the uh, products that we get from like William Sonoma and Pottery Barn West Elm, they go to um, helping us uh, furnish the homes of our uh, aged out foster youth. And so, you know, we will get a referral from one of our partner uh, agencies and um, these, uh, the the foster youth, they'll get a three-year voucher um, from the Tarrant County Housing, and then we will go in and then furnish their home from the entire apartment. Wow, what that's is, awesome. What is that? I'm not familiar with that term, aged out foster aged youth? Out, um, 18 or older. Okay. You know, yeah. So someone that's been in foster care up to 18? Up then, to 18, and yeah. It's that transition period. Yes. Got it. Okay. That's awesome. I never, you know, that's, that's such a great, service and niche I never would have thought about is, you know, you've been in foster care, you know, you're, you're 18 and, you know, maybe like you said, something like you can get some sort of voucher possibly for a place, but then you're like, I have nothing, you know, like I don't have a, a bed, a couch, you know, lamps, all these different things. So it's a great yeah. service to provide, yeah, you know, everything from the curtains and, you know, just everything that they possibly even down to the ice cubes, <laughs> you know, ice cube makers, we can get them. So yeah, it, it, it helps. They don't really know the value of all the things that they're getting. Like, you know, this is not like secondhand stuff because a lot of the stuff that we do have in a warehouse, um, these uh, items aren't even aged out. You know, you can still go into the stores and buy those actual items still in the stores. So it's oh, wow. getting top notch you know, furniture in their homes. That's awesome. And it's expensive when you move into a new yeah. place to furnish a whole, you know, apartment. It, it costs oh, yeah. some money to get all that stuff. Especially if you're furnishing it with pottery. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, I don't even have that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So um, to the the whole foster program, I am not super familiar with what that looks like. So how does like someone even get into the foster program? Can you kind of just explain like what the, the, the foster side of things looks so people can have a better understanding of what maybe these kids are going through and, and, you know, what their life looks like? And, and I've actually been a foster parent. Um, I don't foster now, but I fostered over 40 kids. And wow. so, um, uh. you know, anyone that's interested in uh, becoming a foster parent, then they would just simply call, uh, you know, out here we call it the Department of uh, Family and Protective Services. And so they would just call uh, 
either, you know, there's a service out there or one of the child placing agencies, they can Google to see, you know, and provide, uh, you know, all of your information. So they're very invasive. So like you have to tell them pretty much all of your business because, you know, they want to make sure that they're not the kid that they bring into your home that, you know, they're not bringing them into a home exactly the one that they left. So you right. know, they want to know all your background. They want to know, you know, who you, who you're affiliated with and, and everything. So, you know, they kind of get really into some intimate questions, you know, in order for you to be a parent, a foster parent, you know, but when you get that, that first kid and everybody's kind of scared at first of, you know, I don't want foster kids, but you actually get to kind of pick, pick the kid that you want, but not really, because you can say that, you know, you don't want kids who set fires or who have sexual behaviors, you know, acting out behaviors. And, you know, you can kind of say those set things, parameters. Gotcha. You can set the parameters, but sometimes you just don't know because they don't disclose everything. And so, you know, you get this, you get the challenge to your home and you go to this like one month, two month honeymoon. And then that's when you can start seeing like all of the behaviors, you know, come through. Yeah. 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 So when I hear the term, a adopted child. Is that the same thing as a foster child? Well, some kids can go, you know, some foster parents can foster to adopt. And, you know, you would usually foster the kid for about six months and then you would adopt them, which is kind of like the cheapest way to do it. But, you know, those who would adopt just straight adoption, they may come with, you know, some cost. Gotcha. Okay. So you could actually potentially in some cases do um, children get fostered and then go back to their uh, biological parents at some point, or how does that does that ever happen well, or no? Yeah, you know that you know some of the kids they want to go back home. You know, I mean, the bond between a child and a mother is is one that's unbreakable, right. regardless of how the mother ever treated the kid. You know, right. they want to go back home, and so you know they you know some of them get a chance to um, go before they age out because the parents have to go through. Uh, services, you know, depending on if they were on drugs and they have to go through, you know, different services that is mandated by uh, the child, uh, CPS or what have you. And then they're able to get them back. And it usually maybe takes about 18 months or so um, to do okay. that, just depending if they follow through. And then, you know, they may have to continue with going to family therapy, you know, to kind of see how things are going. And then once the, the child returns, they still go through like what's called a monitored return. So CPS will still be involved in the situation, just kind of see how things are going. And that may take for about maybe six to six months to a year before they're kind of like out of the picture again. Gotcha. So, but um, foster kids aren't all that you guys serve, right? You have a broader range beyond that. Oh, yes. We, we don't yeah. um, uh, serve foster kids. We serve uh, low income um, families as well. Or, you know, sometimes we do serve kids that just kind of on a case by case basis, because mm-hmm. you might just have a neighbor that you just know that, hey, just fell into some hard times. And, you know, if you come to us and say, hey, you know, we'll help them as well. Yeah. So does that kind of where it plays in sometimes too? I love this idea. And I want you to talk about about the donation depot. If it is what I think it is in my mind, I think it's such a really cool concept. Well, the Donation Depot is where we collect all of our donations from all of our local retailers and uh, families get to come in and kind of shop for whatever um, they're needing um, in their homes. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it, 
I'm, I'm guessing. So like, and I saw there was something too, there's like a membership program where you can pay like five bucks a month to be a, a member and you can shop a certain amount of, of times. Is that still active? Yes. Um, yeah, you can come in, you know, $5 and, and, and that's just to cover our administrative mm-hmm. uh, fees. So, you know, you can come in and for the first day, you sh- uh, one day you could just shop for $5. And then if you want to do like uh, monthly, I think it's like $15 and then you could pay $25 for the year and then you can shop um, once a month. Cool. Uh, yeah. And so are these, are a lot of these ones secondhand also, or are these new stuff that you're getting in the donation depot? Oh, this is all new stuff. Yeah, so might be kind of like return from mm-hmm. stores, or some things might be display items, but maybe eighty-five to ninety percent of everything that's in the warehouse is is new. Yeah, wow. that's awesome. What size and, warehouse is that? Uh, four thousand square feet. Wow. And it's kind of awesome. set, and it's set up, you know, like a like a store more or less. You know, obviously a little bit different than a traditional store, but they can walk around and check things out and. Yeah, when it's not full of pallets. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys will get that many donations. You'll just get a pallet of something from Ross or Walmart or something like that. Uh, or whatever. Amazon. And, you know, wow. we don't just get a pallet. We get truckloads. And so do you know what's in there? Or is it just like you open it up and you find out what's in there? Well, sometimes, you know, like, you know, things that's coming from Pottery Barn or, you know, we might know that it's small furniture or household goods, you know, or it might be large furniture. It just kind of depends on, you know, we'll know that. But like, you know, we're getting stuff from like Amazon. You, you don't know. It's, it's a totally like, random. Every wow. box is a surprise. <laughs> you like, here's a, here's a drone. Here's a sweatshirt. You know, yeah, here's some toothpaste. Every, every box is a, is a surprise. So, yeah, that's yeah. kind of fun. But this just seems like a really cool concept. You know, I just never would have. I mean, it's like. The way I see it is it's in a sense, you're serving the similar market that like a, a thrift store would serve, but you're providing all this new stuff and in a totally different, different way and probably a different feel for a lot of people that go in there too, versus a traditional thrift store. Yes. And then when we get like just too much of it, or, you know, if it just kind of sits like once a month or so, we'll open it up to the community, you know, and then they can shop because, you know, we get so much of stuff in. Oh, yeah, that's cool. It's not going out as fast as we need to. Then we open it up to the community. Oh, nice. How many many employees do you guys have or volunteers? How does that work? Um, Well, we have four employees and then we have about, it kind of depends on the the volunteers, but um, on a, on a, weekly basis we get about five volunteers that come in to kind of help us um you know move as the donations come in they're there to put them up but then we get a lot of volunteers from like churches uh in different organizations that want to come in so they may come about uh seven deep or they may come 20 deep you know and uh-huh. so yeah, yeah we get a lot of volunteers doing that's it. great wow nice um so do you guys have any kind of stats on um how many children that you've helped throughout the the years, or is there any kind of uh, metrics on that kind of thing? Oh yes, yes, we have to keep those numbers um, on a on a monthly basis um, with all of the schools and and all of the other kids that we serve. It's probably like about five thousand kids uh, on uh, a monthly basis. On a monthly basis. Wow, Whoa, that's, that's way a more big than number. Yeah, because the kids, um, you know, a lot of the kids uh, from the schools and then, you know, we do like our fostering wishes program. And so all of that, you know, um, those those numbers kind of add up. 
Yeah, talk a little bit more about the Fostering Wishes program. Uh, with the Fostering Wishes program, we partner uh, with another organization called One Simple Wish, and One Simple Wish um, helps us to get the, our um, wishes granted for the kids. And so what happens is if we have one of our kids, say, for instance, we get a lot of uh, college kids that's needing laptops. And mm-hmm. so uh, they will, the organization will put in the wish through our uh, platform and then we transfer to the One Simple Wish platform. And then we all kind of work together to help to get that wish uh, granted. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then we, we grant wishes from uh, $5 to $400. So the kid can, you know, we've granted, you know, a lot of laptops. And then we have some kids. Um, this year that's going to be participating in um, that wants to participate in the entrepreneurship training with one of our partners. And so, you know, for as the after school program. So, you know, we're trying to get those wishes granted. And, you know, some kids just need clothing and just, you know, birthday parties. We're big on helping granting birthday parties, especially to our foster kids, because a lot of them have never had birthday parties. That's kind of wasn't around a kitchen table, you know. Uh-huh. And did you say you were working with college kids as well? College kids, yes. Wow, okay. Yes, one of our partners, she uh, does uh, college prep, uh, you know, ACT, SAT. She does college tours with them. And so um, she has a a college trunk party uh, for uh, African-American males, uh, majority uh, males that she helps to get everything they need for their dorms and everything. So a lot of our uh, stuff, uh, you know, we've able to give them a uh, hampers full of, you know, washing detergent sheets and, nice. uh, you know, we've given them laptops, pencils, paper, backpacks, you know, all the it, essentials. Yes. For their dorms. That's great. Logistically, is it hard to help out such a wide range? And was it always that way? Or was it something that you started like, Hey, we're going to focus on younger foster kids. And then it just grew to a, a bigger range. Well, it kind of happened in the beginning as housing um, the foster kids. Um, and that's what we would mainly focus on, um, housing the kids. And then one of our uh, the nonprofit agencies that we kind of depended on to help with our foster kids, uh, they just shut down when they, you know, we would get our uniforms and backpacks and they would provide opportunities for the children to go to uh, tutoring and participate in after school activities. And then when they shut down, it kind of hit the foster care community uh, really hard. And so uh, Homes for Children decided that, hey, you know what, we would kind of pick up on those services and start providing uh, those, you know, kind of exact services to help the kids. Mm. It's filling the void. I like that. Um, do you guys do any kind of uh, vocational training or assist in that besides this, the academic side of things? Uh, we uh, do not, but we do partner with another agency that helps with uh, the workforce development training, um, image transformation, and uh, entrepreneurship training. Okay, great. Yeah, I love that. Looks like you guys are like helping out in so many different areas. That's amazing. Yes, we try. <laughs> you know, it it, it kind of because of all of the stuff that we get in our warehouse, we're able to kind of help, you know, a lot of different people just, you know, through the the, the donation depot by itself. Wow. So, Kristen, I want to go back to 15, 16 years ago and learn 
what like what were you were doing what made you like were you always interested in helping out through nonprofits or what was that decision what led you to this point um and kind of go back to those early days of the you know the struggles the stresses and the wins of those early days of getting the nonprofit started yeah well that definitely wasn't on my mind because <laughs> my degrees in physics so I <laughs> You know, and so I taught uh, actually right before I would I would teach I was teaching uh, physics and physical science at a, a high school, and then you know I worked at chemical plants. But yeah, no nonprofit definitely wasn't on my mind until you know one day when I was um, in undergrad, I had a little job at TGI Fridays, and one of the hostesses asked me to watch. Her little baby for her and um, the little baby was four months and from the, t- the time that I took her home I raised her until she was like five years old oh, wow. yeah and so uh, that was one of the instances um, and then you know she's uh, my goddaughter uh, now yeah. and then I had another godson that you know mom just really didn't do a whole lot for him and you know actually gave him to one of my mom's friends to kind of <clears throat> take care of him. And, you know, we did all that we can for him. And one day she, you know, he had other brothers and sisters and, you know, she did, we would bring him over there to see, you know, his other siblings. And she just decided, you know, don't worry about coming, get him today. Cause he's not coming back. And we knew how that hard that was going to hit him because she, he was like number eight or nine. So we knew mm-hmm. she wasn't going to be able to take care of him. So we would still try to provide for him for him. So if we brought one backpack, we had to bring eight more, (laughs) one pair of pajamas, eight more, you know, for the other kids or she wouldn't let them have it. And so I just decided that, you know, God placed it on my heart to uh, open a homes for children. Oh yeah. So it wasn't even like you sought it out. It it sought out, it sought after you. It sought after me. Yes. Like an angel for those kids. That's amazing. You you know, you know, some of my kids that lived with me and age out, you know, I have this little joke going that say they, they will lose everything except for my number, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you never wanted to live with me while it was there. But now it's like, man, you, you just can't get rid of them. But, you know, I help them out too. you know, whatever, yeah. you know, some of them are living with their parents. Some of them are, you know, living alone or, you know, still trying to find their way. And so I'm mm-hmm. still there to help them as well. It must be such a special feeling um, seeing some of those kids that you had that came from such such tough spots that you helped out and now seeing them grow and become adults and looking back and realizing that what you did for them was such an impactful moment you know, oh, and changing yeah, their life. Yeah. You know what, that, that's, you know, some of them, like I say, still trying to find their way, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, they know they can always call me, you know, if it's just to talk or, you know, to ask me, you know, Hey, can you send me some money to get my medicine or something like that? You know, I can help them. Yeah. So I would imagine over these 15 years, you probably have had some pretty big wins as far as seeing kids turn their lives around do you have any stories like that? oh yes 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 i have uh, one of my kids now um she's actually working on her master's uh degree at prairie view right now awesome so that's yeah because not a lot of uh, the foster youth take advantage of the free college tuition <laughs> you know and so wow. she's one of them that you know kind of took advantage and she she graduated 
uh, high school early under my care. And then she went on to Prairie View where she received her criminal justice degree. And then she re-enrolled again to get her master's. And then after that, she'll be going to law school. Oh, that awesome. is a win. That's awesome. So, so you, you said, said free, free yeah, I said that too. Free tuition for foster kids? I didn't know about free that. Free tuition, yes. Is that a statewide program in Texas? Is that a national program? As long as they go to uh state, you know, stay in the state of Texas, they can go to school for free. Wow. That and is. sadly, a lot of them, you know, do not take advantage of that. Oh, man. I mean, I told them they'll be putting me out because, you know, I have this little love hate relationship with Sally Mae, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh uh, Miss Vincent, you've had enough of school. Yeah. (laughs) Or they're like, I want to go to school, Oklahoma. You're like, no, it's free in Texas. You're going to school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's enough of schools in Texas where, you know, even if you would just go to a community college, you can even just go work on your cos, you know, if you want to do cosmetology, mechanic, you can do that. Gosh, that was a great program. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right. On your website also, too, you have as one of the services, I'm guessing, as a fundraiser aspect, um, business plans. Tell me about is that is this you helping people out, putting together business plans and coaching? Oh, yeah. Some of uh, our nonprofit partners, um, they, uh, you know, always asking, you know, for help and things like that. And so we will... Um, occasionally, you know, help them, you know, get their business plans um, together. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you have 15 years in success and let I me mean, look at the connections you've made and growing to as big as you have. I think anybody could definitely use some help, you know, from, from your experience, what you've been done. Yes. And, you know, we, I try to help out, you know, where I can, you know, help. Mm-hmm. And you know, right now I have uh, someone in my office that's actually been training with me since uh, December uh, you know, all of the, the ways to, to run a nonprofit. Yeah. How has uh, COVID affected, you know, your guys' services over the last year? Um, Not really too negatively because we've always got the donations in, but as far as, you know, being able to distribute them, you That's know, been different. Uh, yeah. yeah, being able, you know, because we were shut down um, for a couple of months or, or whatever. So, you know, we weren't able to distribute them, but we were having to pick them up, <laughs> you know, so. Hence all the pallets that stacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I have this little joke going too that, you know, we clean up and, you know, somewhere there's a little camera that all these little businesses can see because, you know, you clean up and you get room, you see the floor, and then all of a sudden someone calls you and say, we have a donation. And yeah. I mean, probably tell. Like you guys need a bigger warehouse. Yeah. I, you know, I've actually grown out of this one too. You know, <sighs> it we in 2019, we had a, we moved into a 2000 square foot warehouse in April. And then August, 2020, we were in this one. And now, yeah, I've outgrown this one too. That is a, yeah, a that's a good problem. Good it's a good problem. Yeah, shows uh, how successful you guys are. Yeah, I mean, all of that I think is a good problem. You know, growing too big for the warehouse, too many donations. I think there's a lot of nonprofits out there that wish they could have that sort of problem. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, all of those donations, you know, they definitely come with having to know how to manage yeah. all of that inventory and stuff. That's not an easy thing. You know, we haven't always had the space because we've had uh, three storage units at, you know, first it started all in my house, in my garage. And my husband was like, uh-uh, this is <laughs> <In> this <time. laughs> 
Yeah, couldn't park his car in the garage anymore. So we had to get, you know, storages with, you know, from a five by 10 storage to 10 by 15 to 25 by 10. I mean, we had to have all three of them, but we couldn't serve people because, you know, if you asked me for some towels or something, I knew I had them. Yeah, they're but, just in the storage you know, unit. You have to go through the whole storage unit, you know, before you find that actual box of towels. So it's yeah. like you had to get a bigger spot. Yeah. And yeah, you and you know, like you said, logistically, you have to be able to to manage it too. Because if you don't, then and you know, your your partners are like, hey, this stuff isn't getting distributed, it's not getting sent out. We're gonna find a different nonprofit to partner with, you know. Oh, so yeah, it's important you know, for you to do it. Yeah, they come by, you know, and, and we just had a recent uh site visit, you know, mm-hmm. to see like where and that was a good thing because we had just, you know, got the place. Uh, <laughs> <Nice. laughs> you know, we just got some of those racks, you know, and so those racks being able to get. Uh, that right. product off the floor, you know, and stack it up as high as the ceiling. That that really helped us. For uh, events, do you guys hold fundraising events, or do you guys do anything like that? Uh, one of our fun, our biggest fundraising event was our Team Esteem Fashion Show, and we've haven't been able to put that on since you know Corona. You know, the mm-hmm. we're gonna put. Uh, our fashion show on 2020. It was, I think it was like April 1st. And then two weeks before mm. the whole, you know, state got shut down. So I was like, oh man, you know, so we had to cancel that. And then, you know, this year we haven't, you know, had, you know, we couldn't have it again. So we're thinking uh, March uh, of next year, you know, since every we were going to do it this year, but everything's kind of brewing back up again. Right. So, We'll wait until March um, uh, to do that. And um, we're looking at Old Navy uh, sponsoring us for that, too. Oh, nice. cool. And that'll be in Fort Worth area. Fort Worth, yes. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, I wanted this. It's, it's, it's so impressive to see, like, how people are able to manage and maneuver their nonprofits and businesses during these times, you know, obviously, you know, you've been in this for 15 years and probably obviously never came across something where they're like, Hey, you need to shut, shut down completely. Did you guys go like in like mobile services during like the whole lockdown or was it just like, all right, we're just like shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you have a lot, you know, the schools were shut down. And so, you know, I'm a parent too. And so, you know, I had to homeschool my kid. And so, you know, you just have to have that balance and, you know, we had to shut down because you really couldn't leave the home, you know, that it was like locked down here in Texas. You you Mm -hmm. couldn't go anywhere. And so, um, that's what we did. Just we couldn't do anything. I have a question too on the um, the like furnishing the house for foster kids that are that are moving out. You know, in that transition program, is that something you guys do just within Texas, or would you do that kind of in the you know southern region? You know, Oklahoma areas around there, or are you like do that nationwide? No, it's just within Texas um, for right now, because, you know, we deal with a lot of, you know, big furniture and stuff and not all the time. You know, sometimes we have uh, we don't have a truck, a 16 foot truck would be Mm -hmm. ideal if someone would want to donate that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so it's sometimes, you know, our, our youth have to rent U-Hauls, you know, to come and get the stuff. So I'm thinking if it, you know, you're doing it, way in Oklahoma that's you know Got it. yeah that makes sense yeah a stretch 
It looks you like see- you guys have a ton of different ways that people can volunteer. I mean, I'm seeing production team, development team, uh, even like committee board members. So there's a lot of different ways that people can help out, it looks like. Oh, yes. In the warehouse as well. <laughs> <laughs> warehouse, even social media intern. Oh, social that's awesome. media, yeah, always. You know, because that's the thing, you know, you have to keep back that presence, you know, mm-hmm. going on, on social media. And, you know, it's not all the time that, you know, you, you everything is not always going on, you know, in the warehouse, you can't see kind of like behind the scenes. So sometimes we might get some, you know, snippets like, hey, look at these truckloads of, right. you know, stuff coming in, you know. Mm-hmm. So there is some opportunity locally, obviously, and then even remotely, too, for people to help out. Or is it mainly the volunteer just just locally in the area? Oh, no, you can uh, volunteer re- remotely as well, you know, because it doesn't take you to be in the office to help write grants or, mm, yeah. uh, you know, to post on social media or, or anything like that. So that's cool. So, yeah, if you're out there listening and you want to volunteer, there's a lot of different things. And so the best way for people to do that would be go to your website, correct? The website, yes. Uh, www.thehomesforchildren.org. Awesome. And you can you can donate directly there. Um, I also like you guys have a shop. That's cool too. It's a good way you can buy some swag. So you can not only be uh, supporting the organization that way, but also advertising as you walk around. It's got a, the cool cool logo. You know whether you got t-shirts, sweatshirts, all kinds of stuff. Yes, you can buy. It. Oh, go on there and shop and get some HFCC swag. Yeah. What do you see as the future? You know, do you see it growing in Dallas-Fort Worth area? Do you see opening up a donation depot or something like that in, in New Orleans? Where do I you see do. going? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, definitely trying to expand the services um, in the New Orleans area uh, beyond just the Fostering Wishes program. And hopefully, you know, we're able to uh, bring the donation depot uh, down there as well. Yeah, that sounds like that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, such a great idea. And when just, you you know you know finding the 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 right warehouse in the right location mm-hmm. you know because you know you just have to be careful <laughs> yeah, yeah have have you you still go back there and visit and then i had imagine the need in that area has got to still be pretty strong I do, oh yes 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 i just left there mm, a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. um and you can you know there's a need because you know even during christmas time you know when we we mostly amp the fostering wishes program you know we get all the the school you know the kids from the different schools and and the housing development uh you know projects you know that come in and and just mm-hmm. need, you know our help yeah Wow. Well, I love the vision to expand. I think that's great because right now what you're doing is awesome. And so for you to keep that vision even bigger, I think is awesome. Yeah, we're trying to get there. You know, COVID kind of slowed slow right. you down a little bit, you, right. know, but, you know, hopefully, um, you know, someone might want to donate a warehouse in New Orleans. Yeah, there you go. The guy who's the, the person who's got the truck and a warehouse looking to donate and a, it. And a warehouse. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> and now, now we need two trucks. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Hey, got to dream big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, we love what you're doing. Thank you so much for, you know, not only all the hard work you've done over the years, but for sharing today with us. And hopefully, you know, there's be some, uh, ears out there that hear uh, you know all the great things you're doing that can help out as well all right thank you both for having me absolutely thank you Kristen. all right 
If you liked today's episode, you can find more information at mycorneruniverse.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.